Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here at Soonerscoop.com. We've got the entire crew. As it is uh, portal season mania right now, uh, we got plenty to talk about on that front. Uh, I know a lot of people wondering uh, who else could be going, uh, but we can tell you who's gone so far. We've got some senior bowl invites going out, things like that today. Uh, and we're coming off the, the end of the regular season. I know Bob's joining us for the first time, be able to get some of his thoughts there. But obviously some, some recruiting news on the front page of Sooner Scoop today. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the latest on, on – uh, uh, Peyton Bowen and uh, from the Notre Dame side of things. And, uh, you know, really, I guess we should start there. Just just hallelujah uh, for all the recruiting nuts. We're going to start with recruiting today. Are we sure this isn't the Bethany postgame show? <laughs> Bethany High School uh, wrap-up, season wrap-up show. Uh, well, we got all kinds of noise going on outside. That was That was God. <laughs> what was that? I think it's just the, air, the AC guys got oh, their big... Getting stuff out of their look out. AC today, all right? It's probably heater guys. AC a- HVAC. I guess that's the best way to put it. So uh, no, I mean no. I mean we can start, Bob. You know, if you want to kind of chime in on on what you saw uh, over the weekend, in Lubbock. Um, you know how disappointing it was. I know you almost died uh, once again. Another scoop uh, <laughs> staffer goes on the road and is almost killed. Yeah, just just wasn't pretty. But no, I mean, if it's just, I think we learned after the Baylor game that the team was never going to have a consistent outing, and you just had to take the good with the bad and roll roll with it the entire way. And that's what happened again, up twenty four six, and that's twenty four twenty three before you even blink, and you know they're in for a battle, and you know they've never won a one possession game the entire season. So why would that start Saturday in Lubbock? So now your only hope is that. The guys who stay and who are going to be back for the second year under Venables, that they're not mentally, physically broken from everything and that they can all just sort of bounce back and take the lumps from 2022 so that you're better in 2023 and going beyond. Are you, should we just have a seance? Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? We got to get out the Ouija board. You guys ever do that? Get out the Ouija board when you're in high school? I never did. First night, of, I was smoking weed, and I didn't even do that. <laughs> the first night of, of of drinking, me and my buddy, we the went Ouija out. board. Is it, now that's like one of those weird, like triangular things, right? Yeah, well, it's a board with letters on it, and and then you you have this thing in the middle, and you all put your hands on yes. it, and it like guides it guides you, you. Ask it, it, questions. it guides you to yeah. the answers. Yeah, we got first night ever different type of drugs and Durant or Duncan, excuse me. <laughs> I always get those D, the two D's mixed up. 
one's southwest, one's southeast. I know, and it, it shouldn't be that way. You've been to at least one of them. I've, been to, I've been to both. I've been to both. I've been down to uh, Durant before, coming up on, uh, what is that, 75 out of you've Dallas. Been, you've been, have you been to a Dunkin' Demon football game before? No, I've never been to a Dunkin' football game, no. Halliburton Stadium? I don't, I don't think I, I've been to the stadium. Mm-hmm. We drove by it a couple times, but I've never been inside of the stadium, I don't think. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I it, I think you you kind of hope maybe the transfer portal is, you know helps you out to weed out some of those guys that just might not be like let's start with like Jordan Mukes. I mean, he's a guy. Um, and Bob, you can kind of tell the story there about like what the plan was for him and yeah, because he was you know all those guys that redshirt and stuff. At least usually they're part of the team. Like he was never ever even on the sideline, just like dressed up in, in, in like sweatpants. Same was for Corey Robertson too. Yeah, but he doesn't have redshirt year, so I'm not sure what what's going on with Corey there. But when it came to Jordan Mukes, that you know they made that decision pretty early. It's like okay. Not gonna be a safety. We're gonna start grooming you for Cheetah. Sean White's gonna be gone. Justin Harrington could still be here, but I mean, we got to get that position. That's got to have a three, four deep, not just you know one person that has to play a hundred snaps every single game. And I'm not sure if he didn't take to it or if the coaches didn't like how he was getting it. But obviously, that news came out Tuesday that he's not gonna hit the portal. We've we've got. Guys like Kevante Henry and Clayton Smith, who aren't, who haven't made any announcements, but they're off the roster. So you got to think they're gone. Although Jordan Mukes is still on the roster, but so that tell that really tells you something. If Clayton and Kevante are you know not on the roster, so you got to think they're you know you don't have to worry about them going forward. And just you know, portal season's here. Let let the chaos you know do what what it's going to do. I think I have a good idea, but I don't think I'm ready. Like, just how many names are going to be in there? You saw all the names come out of Austin. You know, Mac Brown's talking about, like, this is going to be historic as far as the amount of guys that are in the portal by, uh, you know, a week from now when it opens up on Monday. Uh, okay, so here's something. I think this is kind of one of those things, because all my friends are hitting me up about, you know, quarterbacks in the portal and stuff, and we've said all along, yeah, like, Hudson they're not going to go to the portal. Hudson Carr was the you yep. know, one guy that was brought up. There was... Another good quarterback. Uh, Drones from Baylor just went in today. I saw that. That was right before we started. Yep. Uh, it was somebody that was a backup to a really good quarterback somewhere. I can't remember. But anyway, here's my question. Like, I know that you, you've you got Dylan Gabriel and you've got Jackson Arnold. Uh, you don't want to – what is it? You don't want to upset the apple cart? Is that the, the phrase? Yeah. Um, but here's my thinking. Maybe you have to make the hard decision and say, and look, we all know you can't just kick a kid out, but we've seen their backup quarterback. It's not any good, and everybody else is worse behind him. Why don't you go into the transfer and bring a kid? And you know what? Maybe that's just a signal to Davis Bell. You don't have to go to him and say, you know, you don't have a spot here, but he's going to see it for himself. I mean, I don't know. He's not subject. He could transfer again, right? Like, the the one year transfer thing reset. Well, I mean, he's got to be a grad transfer. Right? I mean, he yeah. was like a twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen yeah. class guy. He's got to be a grad transfer, so he he wouldn't have to worry about that. I think what the but only I mean, thing, he, but you know, you made a mistake with General yeah. Booty too, because I mean, if he can't get on the field, he's worse. I, I just got the. So what are you doing? Like like just clean house and go get a quarterback. I think the the one move is that's if, common if, sense to me. If Nick Evers hit the portal, then I think they would do something. That that would be the one I think would trigger 
them to try to make sure they do have. Do you think that he's not going to, like, you think he thinks he can stick around and beat out Jackson Arnold? I guess that's the biggest question mark, isn't it? I mean, because if you're going to go after a well, they have that second, they have that 15-day after spring, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you can yep. leave then. Yep. Yeah. But you're going to miss spring. out on a quarterback now because who's going to come gonna in, though? Sack- I mean, it's got to be somebody better than Davis Bevel and General Booty. But who's going to – who's signing up? Like, if you're yeah, going I mean, after I, like, a quarterback, they're right back like, into the spot. I'm going to find a starting we spot. So. They're right, the in, they're right yep. in the spot where they then, were with Jackson Dart. You're not going to be able to sell a guy on coming to Oklahoma. That's a good point. But if still. he knows that Dylan Gabriel's coming back, if he yeah. knows that Jackson Arnold's coming in, if he knows that Nick Evers is here. Well, start Guys, over. Wouldn't, no, start over. Wouldn't like Hello. a – Hello, Josh. How are uh, you? Another like Micah Bowens. Wouldn't that be almost ideal? Like someone that can run the offense – you could probably do some things with, but he could also play another role. Like if, if he sees, okay, I'm not, you know, say next year Jackson Arnold takes the job or is clearly the heir apparent to Dylan Gabriel, however you want to look at that. What if you had a guy like that that could run that wildcat? You could still run what you've, you know, kind of shown as your secondary option to a functional number two quarterback. Basically, you're saying um, update the belldozer. Something like that. I mean, like, because I, 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 I agree with the sentiment. Like, you're not going to find anybody meaningful in the portal with Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold coming in. And, and frankly, you don't want to. Like, you don't want to upset the apple cart with Jackson Arnold. Like, yeah. you want that to be fine. So you don't want to go piss him off and go get a Hudson card where he's like, well, I thought, I thought, you know, like I was willing to wait for a year behind Dylan Gabriel, but I don't know about, you know, I then, then I've got to be in a situation where, this guy thinks he's going to be the starter in 2024. Like, I, I wonder how that dynamic works in this portal era. It's going to be interesting also to see how they operate uh, with the portal just as a whole. Uh, did you watch uh, Brent Venable's show on Monday night? I still have not gotten around I, to it yet. There was, you know, Toby basically asked him if you could do anything different, what would you have done, you know, as head coach this year? And he kind of took a different avenue. To, he didn't really answer the question. Yeah. But Brent, it, it ended up coming down to – two things and the last one was that I think caught a bunch of people's attention one was giving the players their uh playbook early they he thought that they maybe focused too much on relationships and building relationships here in December Mm. a year ago the other thing was the decisions that they made in the portal as far as building depth and it was almost like okay is he like basically admitting that maybe they should have gone after Drew Sanders harder because they thought David Awegbu was going to be fine at middle linebacker I don't know. It's like that's I guess he didn't really regardless. Answer it. You should have went after Drew Sanders. He was a Butkus finalist. Sure, I mean he basically kind of said that they made some wrong decisions as far as building depth in the portal, and I just wonder what like that Drew really Sanders means. Sanders would have been the best player on this team. Yeah, With I don't know. It maybe Gray. maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. Did they really give themselves a shot there? Yeah, I, I Josh, you'd have to ask that or answer that. They did. They I mean, did, they, right? They yeah. On Sanders, but there is. I kind of struggle to believe if they worked to the same rate that Arkansas did, that he wouldn't have picked Oklahoma. He had so much more familiarity there. He knew, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Venables' track record, all those things. There were a lot of things that he questioned about Oklahoma in the first time around that wouldn't have existed the second time around. So I, I, I think. And again, you're guessing at what his meaning was, but I, I think Eddie has some, you know, some validity there. And and I think there was a, there's probably a learning curve in trying to sort out like the, I'm just getting here 
And then I'm going to tell all these guys, you're not good enough. I'm going to find these guys to help. And Brent being the person that he is, I'm sure that was a tough pill to swallow, you know, like to say, hey, guys, I don't, you know. It's tough I don't to build a relationship with somebody and yeah. then also say, oh, by the way, I don't think this, you know, this this guy that's been here with you for three years, I don't think he's worth a shit. Yeah, and, and I, I'm sure that's a really, because now those guys know him, they know what he's about, and he can say, guys, this is just, you know, like, I love you, I want you here, but I, you know, we're, we're here to win. That's the point. Well, and the thing that, that I know about Brent, you know, above all else is like, and you know this too, Josh, like he's an evaluator. Like he gets a guy out on a practice field and he knows instantly whether that guy's got it or not. Like if he, he, he'll go out there and see like, oh, his change of direction is terrible. He can't play for us. Like he'll know that, you know, after a few practices. Like, so, I mean, there's guys that, you know, he identified early just like, you know, they made a mistake oh bringing this kid here. Like, <laughs> yep. how did this kid ever get here? And there's seven. I mean, I, I would say it's there's probably double-digit number of kids like that on defense. Yep. Yeah. At, and a couple started. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know you know how <laughs> to say that. Like, that's just is what it is. Um, so, I, I, I think there is – and, again, guys, like, when I went through, went, went through the Tech game for the idiot – I found positives. Like there are good things in that tape. Sure. Where you would say, you know, okay, th th this can be built on, but it's just the. I mean, and the stuff they're messing up on, and I, you know, I know I heard Teddy talk about it in their pod. Like there is, it's not like this is complicated stuff. I can't yep. tell you how many times guys just continue to take terrible angles. Keyshawn Lawrence has got outside leverage at least twice and just blows the angle. I mean, and, and he gets beat by Sir Roderick Thompson outside. Like, man, I, I, you can't they're, – they're not coaching that. That's not a thing that's about coaching. And in year – and I know people will say, well, that's what you said about Alex Grinch too. That's true. When you get multiple years and your message isn't getting across, okay, maybe the message is the problem. In year one, the message is not the problem. Like, you're not – get like – and, guys, that's basic, fundamental stuff that we just kept seeing them mess up on. And I, I'm really interested to see what spring looks like as far as like, are there real changes? Are there real battles at certain positions where, you know, it felt like this year they wish they had some more depth to, to push a couple of these guys that did struggle. What is the biggest, and I guess this kind of wraps in with, and cause the answer might be like a Peyton Bone or David Hicks, but biggest need from this uh, November 30th, right now for Oklahoma, like over the next 30 days, what do they absolutely have to do as far as recruiting and or transfer portal? Cause you got my, my, uh, you know, Miles slusher out there now, the safety from Arkansas, mm -hmm. like you would imagine it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball outside of maybe, you know, do you get involved in the wide receiver position? Christian Leary just entered did like just now, like last 20 minutes from okay. Bama. Well, I, what what would be the biggest need, I guess? Everything? Fuck. All right. <laughs> defensive line, man. Defensive line. No, I mean, it's defensive, but they need linebackers, too. I mean, <laughs> and they need this guy. And they need, and they they, need safeties. I mean, they... Peyton Bowen flipping would be nice. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, there's a whole bunch. Yeah, I mean... And offensively, they need they need offensive line. They need running backs. I mean, they need every position. Yeah, with Eric Gray accepting a uh, Senior Bowl invite yep. today. I that is probably one of the talked about this this morning. It's like 
what Eric Gray did this season, it's really unfortunate they went six and six because for a you know program that obviously has a illustrious list of running backs, he had one of the better seasons of all time. And I don't think that people maybe outside of the diehards really realize no. how good he was but all year. Damon Parker-ish. I mean, it was incredible. Going to get lost in the shuffle. Ninth I mean, all time. So you got BJ, B. John Robinson. You got Deuce Vaughn. I don't know what his numbers were this year. I don't think they were as good. I don't think they were his career best. Or maybe they were. I just didn't pay enough attention. Uh, and Eric, like, do you have three running backs on Big 12 first team now? I think they switched that. Or it's like you have like five receivers. and I don't remember. I'm surprised you don't have two quarterbacks. <laughs> the way that things are going right now, I'm surprised that they don't release what would it be 44 guys first and second yeah like two first two first teams guys that was what he's done just now if he doesn't play in the bowl that's the fourth best rushing season in oklahoma since 1978 it's wild yep. that's amazing when you think about it in those terms and all you know Adrian Peterson only had one year better. Quentin Griffin had a year better. And obviously Samaje's year when he broke the record against Kansas that just kind of warped those numbers incredibly. But, I mean. And it's amazing, uh, too, because he wasn't used that much in the first three games. Because that's where we no. were openly talking. Is Marcus yeah. Major going to overtake him? And then conference season started up, and Gray just said, this is my show. And, I mean, what, what's amazing is the consistency because I'm looking at it. Yes. And of the eight guys in front of him, every one of them save one had at least three 200-yard games. Eric Gray had one. It's amazing. Like, that, that's amazing just 150, 150. Like, just week after week, yep. you could count on him putting together a really big show. Well, I mean, I, I, we said it time and time again, but, I mean, where's this offense at without an Eric Gray? It would have been – it would have been – just absolutely abominable. I mean, it would have been a disaster. He, over the last six games, this was in the game notes after the Tech game, uh, he rushed for 845 yards over the last six games, averaging 140.8 per game, and at least 90 yards in each of those contests. So, I mean, over the last six games, it was basically turn around and hand the ball to Eric Gray, and a lot of people knew that that was going to happen, that they were trying to give him the ball. 1364 is what he ended with. 1364, 11 touchdowns, 213 carries, 6-4 average. I mean, he there Not were bad. times when he was he was the offense. I mean, but then there were times when it was third and two, and you're like, if you give it to Gray for some reason, this isn't going to work. Yeah, that's what still makes no because people like you know people bust their like. I mean, Chris Murray bust his mm -hmm. assignment. Like, ah, oh, I, I, we don't have to go back nope. over. <laughs> the the frustrations of the season but no I, I Bob said it best they were consistently inconsistent that yeah. was the only thing that they were consistent about was being inconsistent up yes and and do it like I still can't get over like their bad was so bad yes that it it just compounded on top of itself and the end of that first half Saturday night was just like the perfect example of going from one extreme of 24-6, this feels pretty good. And to, you're getting the ball. And you're getting the ball. <laughs> to you're, you literally are clinging to a one-point lead, and the only reason that you're not trailing is because time ran out. Well, and a lot of it was, you know, also was just the fact that 
this offense wasn't good enough to overcome mistakes, and the defense wasn't good enough to overcome mistakes. Yeah. Like, when you've got Caleb Williams, and I'm sorry I mentioned that name, but, like, you can be in first and 15, and he can pull it and run it, and, you know, he can get you a first down on fourth down and short. Like, he's a playmaker, and they didn't have that kind of playmaker on this offense this year. And And as much as Dylan Gabriel made some plays with his feet, he's far from what we've seen oh, here yeah. in the past. I mean, yep. He's better than he's better than Spencer Rattler, but that's about it in the last three years. I mean, he's not even Baker, you know, mobile. You know, we talked about Dylan time and time again. Then Pro Football Focus has him ranked num you know number ten, and that we would all agree with that. Look, he, I mean, he's a, good, but yes, he's not he's a guy. Very that, good quarterback, and he's a quarterback that you should want to be your quarterback going into next year. I mean, yes, the the thought of like you know. Of, of bringing in a true freshman uh, and, and expecting him to play better than Dylan Gabriel played this year, that's not realistic. I mean, look at, look at the cross. Like, Caleb Williams was a true freshman. He played last year. He wasn't the quarterback he is this year. He did, he did a lot of good things just off of his talent. But he made it – I mean, they were – were they losing to Kansas They were shut out. At, shut yeah. out. Were, I mean, <laughs> and that Baylor game, he was bad. And, and the Oklahoma State second half, he was bad. Yep. Like – like you have, and a that's better not to say that, like Jackson Arnold couldn't be really, really good someday. Right, like right. that's just showing just how tough it is to come in as a true freshman and do that. And he is, yep. pl- I, I get, he's playing a higher level of high school football than most people are playing, but at the same time, like he's on a really good team too. I mean, yeah. like you, wa- I mean, we, you, you guys were down there watching him play. Allen, they made Allen look like a lower division. Yeah. I mean. Like they're they're that much they're huge everywhere. They're pretty good. He's really really good. Though. Oh, he is. I, mean, I just don't know I'm if he's. Saying, I'm just saying. Caleb Williams ready. Your expectation for a true freshman. We saw the guy that's getting ready to win the Heisman as a true freshman last year, and it was better. The only reason he wasn't criticized because it was better than what Spencer Rattler was doing. Yeah. But Dylan Gabriel's played overall better than than Spencer Rattler did when he was here. Oh, we're I mean no, we're, yeah. we're 365 days removed from people trying to tell you, well, I guess not 365, but just over a year removed from people trying to say that uh, Caleb Williams, he just he's just an okay quarterback, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they're not going to miss him. But at the same time, if you can get the Dylan Gabriel that was in Lubbock, we're not having this conversation if he would have played like right. that all year. Yeah. He missed some like it, there was a there was a uh, thread on the board just talking about like you know, what was wrong with the offense and the, the failures that they had on third and fourth down. All right, guys, it's almost Christmas time, and I uh, want to remind you guys about DeadSoxy.com, one of our great partners, uh, DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And uh, here's what I want you to do for me. Go to their website, click on the Bundles tab, and then check out some of the bundles that you can get. If you're looking for a great Christmas gift, uh, you can get a bundle of no-shows. You can get a bundle of casual socks, a bundle of the boardroom dress socks. Uh, and there's something there for everybody, but the, the Crimson 4-pack is in there. Uh, if you go to just the uh, the dress socks or the casual socks, uh, check out like the, 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 the tie-dye 3-pack. Those are really cool athletic loungers, uh, and you know we're a huge fan of the no-show. So deadsoxy.com, go check them out. Uh, great sponsors of the podcast, and uh, get yourself, a, either yourself or someone else, a great gift for the holidays uh, that you can wear around, feel comfortable in. Uh, and look good in. That's deadsoxy.com. Use that promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off plus free shipping uh, for the holidays. So use that promo code SCOOP and uh, 25% off your order plus free shipping 
thanks to the good folks at Dead Soxy. Third and fourth down. And it's everything. It was at sometimes it was Dylan Gabriel missing guys. Sometimes it was Marvin Mims or Jalil Farouk dropping balls, and they're not mm-hmm. the only two that did. Uh, sometimes it was Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims or whoever doing their job, and it gets called back because the left side of the line isn't set. Right. Like it was everything. If if there was a problem on the offense side of the ball it was it was truly everything and it's a good offense it's just not a, like a, when when baker and kyler were here those were not historically mm-hmm. good offenses in the history of college football we haven't seen offenses that good so when it was sure. second and 20 against kansas they were picking that up yeah no they could they could put themselves in a hole and it's like okay well this is almost kind of fun yeah. because let's see how they get it now yeah you got mark andrews and hollywood brown and and cd lamb and i mean Go to the running backs. I mean, the, all the running backs that they – it's just like – it was crazy. You could you could be undisciplined, and it would still – you could still pay out. They were so, so bad at the little things and yep. discipline, and it just – But this team, when it's third and eight, like, you don't – if Marvin Mims is not – like, all their big plays were set up, like, in Jeff Levy's offense. Like, there was something they did to get one-on-one – coverage for Marvin Mims so he could just beat his guy down the field and it was always like they need it's just like we said this Bob on the podcast like you felt like in that game when it went to overtime you're like oh no it's a short field like how are they gonna how are they gonna navigate this because they're not good at OU is really good at getting 50 yards they're not very good at getting eight yards yep it's it's been a problem the entire year and a lot of people pointed out the lack of the success or any execution in the middle of the field with Braden Willis or Drake Stoops. It's a lot of them is just, you know, swing, swing passes or go deep and that can only get you so, you know, so far. That's something Dylan's going to have to work on a lot during the off season because you've, you had someone like Braden Willis at your disposal to just get those hard, tough yards on third down, and you didn't go there nearly enough. Do we even explore the idea? And the only reason I bring this up is Dylan Gabriel even back next year? Like, is that even a serious conversation? People to be keep had? asking me that, but what, what's he going to do? I mean, he's in a great situation. He's a starting quarterback at Oklahoma. You I mean, would think so? Unless Jeff Levy's gone to him and said, "Look, we're going to go with Jackson Arnold next year from start to finish." Like, sure, that would be the. I mean. Like, is he worried he's going to have to share snaps with Jackson Arnold? Like, where are you going to go that's a better situation than this? Sure. I, and, and maybe I, he doesn't like how big this place is. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The only thing would be, oh, wait a minute. I wanted to go to the big, the, the, the big time. Now I know what it is. Yeah, I, I, I like really UCF. Not for I, me. I was a lot more fun. It was a lot yep. more fun playing at UCF than it is Just here. being a casual. Yeah. And he's not a he's not a guy that enjoys attention a lot. I mean, I don't get the sense that he. No, does. those Monday night interviews with him. I mean, we had to do them, but it never felt like, oh man, that's some real insight. I mean, we never had a quarterback yeah, skip it, out on a post game. It also was uncomfortable just for the fact that you know it was coming in there and almost you know six times this year is having to be the conversation of even in some wins, like what the hell happened? Yeah. Why why did you suck? Why did the offense <laughs> suck? Why did you know all these things that were happening that were not good to talk about not positive i'm sure it wasn't any fun what was that was it after a win when he got emotional at one time he got emotional after the uh bedlam win the bedlam win. yeah, yeah. and then you know saturday night after the game in lubbock he was just i don't know it was very awkward yes it was very awkward yep and he was very non-committal about coming back but saying it's too fresh in his some mind some of that yep. too is just like he wasn't 
He wasn't always the most forthcoming after a loss. I don't think he... Maybe uh, he wants to feel the love. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's like... And, you know, I think that they have NIL stuff set up for him, so I don't know what he would be chasing. Uh, but, you know, I guess we had to throw it out there, so it'll be interesting. Now, if he hits the transfer portal, portal on Sunday or Monday, it'll be... Well, he can do whatever he wants. He's a grad transfer. So, just like Dio today. Like, yeah. Dio the, doesn't have to wait. For the record, I... Don't think that that's the case. I don't. I would be surprised if Dylan Gabriel announced that he was leaving. Yeah, I would just, too. To, I'd just un- unless him and Levy have just drifted so far apart compared to who they thought they were mm-hmm. their time in Florida, and now it's like, oh wait a minute, you know, it, we're we're not the same people. We what we're looking to do <laughs> are totally different things. That sounds now. like a marriage. It does, doesn't about. it? Yes. All right. Well, yeah, and, and look, I, you know. I would say this, like if you're going to ask me to rank potential surprise transfers, I would not rank him as the highest possibility. Like, no. And I'm not, I I hate doing this because I'm not saying anybody's going to transfer, but like. I know I really hate when people are posing that question. Yeah. It's just like, it's, I I feel a little irresponsible because this is just us, you know, spitballing. It's no, not, there's not based on anything that we've heard or not heard, but. Like, one guy I, I, th- I just have a little bit of concern for. Tell me, Josh, you tell me if you think I'm wrong. Danny Stutzman? No, I don't see that one. I mean, like, I... I just... Because the way he is in interviews and, you know, he basically... He, he doesn't like the criticism as well. Like, and he just always talks about how everything's going to be fine. It's, I mean, like, he's got the most infuriating post-game interviews because it's, it's yes. like the one after Tech, it was like, we just got to go back to the drawing board and get better. It was like, the season's over. Like, yeah. that was my whole theme on the post-game. It would, that, like, that, that made me about? very angry. But at the same time, you look up, and it's like, he let the Big 12 in tackles. I know. Like, I, he's, he's like going to get Dylan, off the field. <laughs> but he's the Dylan Gabriel of the defense. Like, he had a great year, and it wasn't good enough. It's because of the losses. I mean, yeah. like, you cannot – separate the the negativity and the fans and social media like it just makes everything feel like everybody sucked and that's not the truth the yeah. truth is Danny Stutzman had a really good year Dylan Gabriel had a really good year and it's just because the defense had a chance in three of those one possession losses clearly to get off the field and give the offense an opportunity and it just didn't happen Kansas State Baylor Mountaineers like if you polled fans like who's your favorite player on the defense it's probably CJ Colden because he made the most plays that was that were noticeable. Sure. And maybe it was unfair that we just expected, or at least I did, that expected like Danny Stutzman to turn into this guy that was going to be a, you know, a buckus winner after starting 13 games. Yeah. You know, like the first I thought it was just going to happen quickly. With Reggie Grimes and Stutzman, those first three games, like, oh, man, they got first. They, they are first team all conference guys right. here coming. And it just didn't, just, just didn't happen. And I think that there's a little bit of maturity there that, needs to be, you know, made probably on Danny's side. And I think he would even say that it's probably the case. And the other thing is, like, Ethan Downs probably is not an edge, but he, he's got some ability and skill. I mean, he makes plays. He just also does things that makes it impossible to run a defense at times. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt there's a use for Ethan Downs. Like, I think he can be a, a, a useful, functional, whatever you want to term it as, player but his defensive end he just has some limitations like he's not a twitchy gonna turn the corner you know dip his shoulder be a you know explosive pass rusher and I know 
that seems so counterintuitive because he he's a very good athlete. He's a very athletic guy, but he's not twitchy. He's, you know, you always hear people say, like, oh, he's quicker than fast. He's faster than he is quick. Um, and so I, I think that confuses people sometimes. And I think Ethan Downs, if he could put on a little weight, slide inside, do things kind of similarly to what Jalen Redmond has done the last couple of years, I think that suits him much better than trying to be a defensive end where his length and explosion just kind of hinder him at times. You mentioned Redmond. I mean, there's someone that could come back. Jordan Kelly could come back. David Aguebu could come back. You have so many possibilities. Well, I, I don't know, and I, I I posted it to you guys right before the game on Saturday. Did you? His dad posted something, or his stepdad posted something about him, Jalen, like this being his last regular season game or something. Hmm. You know, I think Jalen is he, he's had, and I think he has good people around him. But he's also had people that, you know, the good people have had to kind of fight against that have convinced him even years ago, even before, like, COVID hit. Before like, COVID, he was, yes. He was headed to the NFL. Like, remember the year, you know, he, before that shoulder got hurt and then he didn't work out and then he sat out the year? Like, he was contemplating leaving for the NFL then. Right. Because that would be his third year. It was 2020, third year removed from high school, and he was just going to leave. I'm not trying to take shots at people, but. Don't we need to put a little, little bit more on tape? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like, I don't think like any what, of us. But, like who? Who? But here's the thing: he like, needs to stop lying to himself if that's the case. Well, like I said, he's got people around sure. him that have convinced him of that. Sure. And, I mean, like you would think that these kids have perspective. Like he was roommates with Isaiah Thomas last year. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like he's seen Isaiah was productive, and he was still a what was he a fourth round fourth pick? round pick? Um, and like he's fighting for his life, Fight, to, fighting for a roster. Yeah, spot. he's fighting for a roster, I and mean, he's playing on. a little bit. Like, sure, like he's got a sack. Like, but like Jalen has to see that and think to himself, like, yeah, I'm not in position yet. Like I that mean, guy I, was putting what, stuff on tape what on a daily. Isaiah week Thomas basis. was doing a year ago is, you know, it, it's not even in the same Stratus. book. Yeah, exactly. Of what Jalen no. had done, it's that's just crazy to me. I mean, like Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas, like were the two biggest playmakers on the defense. And we all thought that Perion was supposed to be, but he wasn't. And and Jalen is nowhere near that category. Correct. Yeah, I mean, look at. But he's also physically. Saying, you know, look he's at also Jalen Redmond versus Perion Winfrey. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me though because he's also in this belief where he's been playing in the wrong position, like he should be out on the edge. That's fair. That would. And and that's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I I. You probably don't lose the edge as much if he's out there instead of Ethan Downs. Yep. And, and I think you also, guys, it's, a, it's also interesting schematically. Like if, if Brent had shown up maybe two years before, Jalen Redmond could play in his scheme as a 265-pound defensive end. Grinch just didn't want that. He wanted 240-pound, you know, long, lean. Yeah, guy, I mean, guys yeah. like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He wanted different body types than what Brent is willing to play with outside. And so I think Redmond probably would have stayed out there and – that's what's crazy about the whole Ethan Downs conversation is because I think Redmond fits as a defensive end in this scheme a lot better than Downs does. Well, but I mean, if I mean, Redmond, like, oh, well, uh, what Redmond used to be, I guess I could say now mm -hmm. he's 300 pounds. Yeah. So it wouldn't make as much sense. Like if Redmond and Kelly both came back like that, you know, if they came up with a plan like that, it could, it could really help the defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Kelly's on the verge of being a really good player. Guys, they're, they're a 
a reasonably consistent pass rusher away from being a pretty good defense, I think, next year. Not like elite. I'm not telling you top 10 or anything like that, but like a a top 35, top 30 defense. I think that's entirely within reason. Like, I think that is possible. If the group continues to grow, you continue to see these guys get better about the finer points. But there are pieces at every – like, Billy – your starting safeties could be Billy Bowman and Key Lawrence. Your corners are Woody Washington and C.J. Colden. Guys, that's the best secondary OU's had in years. Like, if you could keep that four together. Now, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Cheetah. Your linebackers should be extremely athletic with Stutzman and probably Canick. The defensive line's the question. Like, what, what, what can you put together there that doesn't force you to blitz so frequently that you're putting that secondary and that second level at real risk? Now this C.J. Colden thing will be interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got a medical hardship. I mean, he's been – he's a 2017 class member, so he this was his sixth year. I know he's had a lot of injuries, but, I mean, you'd love if, if he could stick around because, I, I yeah, the way he played the second half of the season, he basically – you know, you ended all speculation about your corners. It was Woody and C.J., and you saw that Saturday. They played like every, like every single snap. Did Jaden Davis use a COVID year? Can he come back? Oh yeah, I mean okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, anyone before the twenty twenty one class has the COVID year as long as they didn't opt out. I gotta think uh, he's a pretty strong candidate to come back, Jaden Davis, and he did some really good and, stuff. And, and that's what's gonna be interesting is who do you want to come? Like Jordan Kelly, do you want him to come back for his sixth year, or who are you kind of pushing out the door just a little? Hey, Neil, glad you're here. It's not <laughs> not gonna work out. I think one guy on the defensive line that's probably not going to be coming back is Corey Robertson. Yes. Yeah. His mom does not seem like she's a fan. I don't understand that part of it. I mean, like, I saw times last year where he was playing with as much effort as anybody on the defensive line, like chasing people down sideline to sideline. At the end of last that year, West he was Virginia really game, well. He played really well. That was here in Norman. Like, I that – I know, you know, that's not the most surprising. I think Josh would probably tell you the most surprising thing is Clayton Smith. And, like, Josh, I just got to imagine you wonder, like, what the hell did I miss there when you when you see Clayton Smith not even on the roster anymore? Well, guys, I mean, and I, I said it when this staff came in. Like, that he was, wasn't a great fit not for a what spot. they do. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, he, he was always going to be a little bit of an awkward fit. Now, I will say – once it, you know, like once you started to see like, oh, he wasn't on the roster anymore and he's probably headed to the portal, all that kind of stuff. Talking to a few people that have, you know, been around both, you know, kind of before the change, after the change, I I think work rate was always going to be a little bit of a thing for him. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens because, I mean, guys, like if he is all that people thought he was going to be, surely he goes to LSU, right? Like, he's going to go play for Jamar Kane and do that. Like, I mean, that that makes all the sense in the world. Former five-star, very young, still has plenty of eligibility left. Uh, LSU has needs. I mean, it, it would make some sense. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe it surprises me, but I feel like he's going to end up somewhere a little, a little below where, you know, where you would expect for a guy with his pedigree. And that's those people that just, I'm going to go into the portal because I know there's something better. And then you learn very quickly. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I would think I would think it, it'd be, you know, some another school in Texas, maybe like a Tulane or something like that. 
But but yeah, he just he didn't put the weight on. Like you, if you're gonna, you know, you think you're Nick Benito, but now that position doesn't really exist in what Venables is running. Then you need to adjust, and he ju- he just didn't, he never really took to it. What about like Reggie Grimes is a kind of a guy that might yeah right around. Uh-huh. Uh, Something happened to him. I gotta think he was injured the second half of the year. There's just no way that the that's drop off that's like, Reggie Grimes. Yeah, with all I, that he I said. I was one who, yeah, I, I was one who questioned him early, but I I think he's better than what he put on tape in the second half. So I, I, I could buy that something. And I mean, it got to the point where he wasn't even the consistent starter. Correct. Lalu was taking yep. most of those snaps, or at least starting a lot of those games. Complete speculation, uh, but you know, I mean, you know, his grandma was going through cancer, uh, a battle. Remember, yep. he talked mm-hmm. about that yep. right after yeah. one of the first games mm-hmm. of the year. You just never know if there's shit going on, you know, off the field yeah. that is affecting how he, you know, operates from day to day. That is the title of this podcast: speculation, speculation, <laughs> speculation one hundred and one. Well, let's let's do a little <laughs> Not bit more reporting. <laughs> Just speculate. You're asking us who could leave while we can make cases for like 50 guys. We can speculate on a report. How about that? As far as Peyton Bowen goes, and I know our rival side up at Notre Dame, we ran something on the front page today, Josh. Uh, kind of weird. Like, is he going to make an announcement or a decision before in-home visits begin? I did not see that coming. That was one of those things where uh, one of our members was like, hey, did you see this? And I, I had I just had missed it. And I get to read it, and I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And that would be out of left field. But, I mean, to me, if that's the case, I feel really good if I'm Oklahoma. Like, because that's the last visit he took, and then to all of a sudden be like, okay, I'm ready to be done with all this, and I may do it before in-home visits. You're like, wow. And that, to me, that feels like a situation where I've heard everything I need to hear. I've seen everything I need to see. And all that's going to happen out of these in-home visits is, A, coaches are going to come in, give me the whole spin again, and then I have to tell them no face-to-face. Like, it's easier. I mean, it's, it's, it's a high school kid, man. Like, you get it. Like, the confrontation is much harder than, at worst, I've got to make a phone call. Like, I, so I, I just think that's probably what you're going to see. And, you know, guys with the – you know, his girlfriend headed to Oklahoma and Jackson Arnold connection and all the other easy connections that Oklahoma has with, with Peyton Bowen. I, I've, I've got to read that as good news for OU. That, that's just the only way I see that. I don't know. I, I looked at it the other way, though. Like oh. if, if he's going to make that decision and before visits, does he want to do it so he, you know, he doesn't have to make the flip? Like, well, he wouldn't have to make well, a decision if he was just staying with the Irish. Yeah, like, hey, that's true. I'm just that's staying. True. I'm good, guys. Yeah, I took these other trips. So what? But he's, I mean, when that, you waited this long to tell someone I'm not coming after you've been committed, to me, that's like, that's what you want to avoid. I mean, that's, that's the more awkward situation to me. So you're telling me, Carrie, you would just sign on signing day with Oklahoma and just be done with it? Like, sorry, Marcus. Is that how Corey <laughs> Nelson did it? Uh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Corey there, Nelson there and Frank some... Shannon at the same time that morning? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, but Corey Nelson Skyline. was the flip. He was yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that yeah. night yeah, before yeah. he was still committed to A&M, and then he it shocked the world when he signed with Oklahoma. Yeah, and was telling people the night before he was going to sign with A&M. Right. Like, I mean, it was 
that was a uh, and I mean for those that don't remember that was a Brent Venable special right there. So um, I mean that he know. was like Brent was the only coach that could do that on that staff. Like not just then, but it never happened again. I don't think. It, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, and certainly, and certainly not for players that turned out to be high that quality level, players. Correct. Corey did, yeah, right? This kind of, yeah. I mean, this, this sort of reminds me of the whole. Why is A and M always involved in these stories? It reminds me of the whole uh, Adrian Peterson like hiding from the Texas A and M coaches when they came on, you know, <laughs> his in home visit. Because I, yep. I need to pull this out. I actually have that conversation on mini disc of all things. Of, Do you really? Yes, oh, that's amazing. Of uh, me talking to him and him telling me that he's like, yeah, they're, they're coaches. I don't want to talk to them. They're, in, they're in with my mom and stepdad. <laughs> and like he's whispering and stuff. Because I had gone to see him after the uh, Sugar Bowl that year that they lost to LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. so we kind of built up a relationship. Like he would actually take my calls, which he wouldn't do. Like, that's why I had to go to his house in Palestine because he wasn't answering the phone. Yeah. Yeah. He was the only reason I had such a good relationship with Adrian was because I knew like before handlers were common, he basically had a handler uh-huh. and I, we, and Krabby and I knew that guy well. And so it kind of, you know, we had, we had gotten an early head start and so we always had a good relationship but I, I mean, I remember that same night, like, cause everybody's like, Oh God, A&M's in home and just freaking out. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he was like, I'm sitting in my room. I was like, Oh, okay. Must. I, I thought I'd heard A&M was there. He goes, they are. And you're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, they're, they're in there talking to my mom and dad. <laughs> oh God. You're like, well, okay. I don't think we got to worry about A&M too much. And that was, I mean, you look back at that era of A&M recruiting, like, they were so proud of like Jackson Appel, who was like a good, <laughs> like college safety that I think made like a you know basically had a cup of coffee in the NFL, and it's like that's insane. And they were going eight and four at that point in time. They still had pretty good teams, and now they've got all these guys that everybody wanted, and they're a total dumpster fire. By the way, speaking of that era, how good is Reggie McNeil Jr.? Not. Not he's not dad. That's for yeah. sure. Like Why I does saw that them... seem like that happens more and more. Like the sons are never as good as the dads anymore. Like it... I'm trying to think. I of feel the like last... it's always the cousin or something. Like his nephew yeah. is a monster. Yeah, that Marvin kind Harrison of Jr. Like, is yeah. pretty damn good. Oh yeah, okay. There's <laughs> one. <laughs> There's one. Yeah. <laughs> he he's something else, man. Um, but like Barry Sanders Jr. Like yeah. you know, he was never going to be as good as dad though. That might be a little unfair. Uh, yeah, I mean, Adrian's got enough kids. Shouldn't one of them be? Look, but I mean, Kevon Jones' son might have a chance. Really? I know the Broken Arrow Bro- people are talking like PA he's going to be the next yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. I was up. You know, Eddie and I were up there this weekend, and there are people talking about him. Like, he, I mean, if NIL was a thing in Tulsa high school football, oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> I, NIL, and I mean, OSSAA has I, guidelines. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to throw out there anything, but if. I would say it's probably a coin flip if he's a broken error or somewhere else Ooh. next year. I, I I know there is a lot of Choctaw, uh, a lot, lot lot of rosters willing to bring him in. I bet those Choctaw families are ready to put together some NIL packages. Oh, I can believe that. I can. I mean, they they've had plenty of move-ins through the years. Those There's no doubt. Are too big so. out there. Deer Creek, Deer, Deer Creek. Creek might get in the game. Oh yeah, Deer <laughs> Creek. Yeah. I think anybody would want to play alongside. Uh, Grady over the next couple of years would it be a bad deal? Yeah, you know whose son is uh, pretty good. Primes, Deion Sanders, just like Prime Shrimp is pretty good. 
PrimeShrimp.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, go check them out. PrimeShrimp.com, great sponsor of the pod. Uh, P-R-I-M-E, Shrimp.com. And uh, they've got a lot of great deals for you. Uh, but you can use that promo code SCOOP and get $20 off uh, your entire order. Uh, so go check them out. Lots of different great flavors. Uh, they've got the Louisiana shrimp boil. If you're, if you like that type of, uh, flavorings or you can get the, uh, one that I like the most, which is the uh, French quarter Alfredo and the garlic herb butter. Uh, but the signature seasoned, uh, lemon and cracked pepper is a new one. I love some lemon chicken and I love my lemon and cracked pepper shrimp. So one of my favorites, definitely. And, uh, also coming soon, new Orleans style barbecue. So, uh, they're always trying to come up with more flavors and, and, and great flavors. So go look online. You can get the season six pack for that Louisiana taste, the variety six pack to get everything, uh, or the saucy six pack, uh, that gives you, uh, you know, the garlic herb butter and the French quarter Alfredo. So, uh, go check them out. Primeshrimp.com. Great sponsors of the pod. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, supporting them. And, uh, Sooner Scoop is forever their favorite because you guys just dominated, uh, our initial uh, competition when we started with them. So, primeshrimp.com, uh, go check them out. Uh, promo code SCOOP, by the way. Sooner SCOOP. Sooner SCOOP for $20 off. Okay. Um, you know, one thing we didn't really <laughs> touch on is the Theo E situation before we get back to recruiting. Um, so, was it Mike Craven? Or who was it? that re- Mike Roach. Mike Roach from 24 uh, 7 had reported. Very well respected. Dude. Yeah, very well respected. Yeah. Reported that people close to him said he was going to transfer. So then he goes on strengthening Oklahoma, which, you know, they're paying him NIL money to do video interviews. And he says, I haven't decided yet. Uh, well, I guess he must have got his November payment <laughs> today. must have hit his bank account. He had a Snapchat thing that hit the rounds last last night that said he'd broken up with the OU coaches. It's pretty good. So it made it like, <laughs> all right, he's going to announce. Well, look, I, here's the thing. Like I don't, I, I, he's well deserved to transfer. I mean, they did not use him. You know, the Tech game just shows you he's got a lot left in the tank. And and look, I think he's he's probably lost a step or two with the injuries that he's had. Uh, he doesn't quite have the speed he does. But I mean, how many other people besides Marvin Mims do you throw the ball up to in one on one situations and have him come down like he like, did and and shed two defenders into the end zone like. like even the Tech game was strange because he didn't have 50, 60 snaps. He yeah. was still around 30, and he was basically around like 10 to 20 the, the the second half of the season. So I don't know what happened, but they fell in love of the package of Jaleel Farouk, Marvin Mims, Drake Stoops, Braden Willis. Those yeah. were their guys for whatever reason. That was the, the four they always went toward, and then Theo was to give someone a breather or a different look instead of – being among the starters like he had been through the first half of the year. And, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing, you know, to me with that is this hurts you during the offseason when you when you are you only play that many players at a position like you're going to lose players in the portal that are frustrated because they didn't get more snaps. Jaden Gibson Jayden might be Gibson, one I, that yeah. if you're talking about speculation, speculating, there you go. Not reporting, we're speculating. Dude didn't even see the field as a receiver going down. He played on punt on, on punt coverage, but he didn't see the field as a receiver rest of the way. Is it different for freshmen, though? I mean, obviously, I guess Jordan Mukes kind of goes against Just that. Just depends on your mindset. Like, well, what about like L.V. Bunkley Shelton? I mean, like, yeah, you like that's a guy a that bit, now he would have to wait a year because he'd have to get a second waiver. Okay, you know, he he's not a grad transfer. He transferred after his freshman year Arizona State, 
So there's no way you could be a grad transfer at this point. So you have to weigh that out. Is it worth sitting out a year and then coming back to go to another place? No, that, but I, I wish I wish Theo all the luck in the world. Yep, I yeah. mean, he was always great to deal with in recruiting. Uh, you know, yep. it, it is – we do need to pour one out for that five-star wide receiver class now, though. It's officially dead. It's a fifth. With uh, Jaden Hazelwood headed to the I NFL. I saw he just announced yep. he was Arkansas, on the NFL. which, you know, I, I – He had 59 catches. He had 700 yards, yeah, receiving this year. You'll I didn't take even that. notice that. No blow-up, like, monster games, but just steady consistency. Yeah. You know, Bridges is working his way through Juca Ball at, at the very least. I, you know, I, I still follow his, him on his Instagram. His huddle looks good. I, yeah, I mean, he's he getting like a good. He's solid. getting offers. I don't know what kind of level he'll. Ever, He'd probably have like, to go Juco, yeah, and just just keep his nose clean. Well, he's been Juco, but yeah, no, oh, he's, he, but he's, he's getting real. Like, okay, offers. I didn't realize he was back playing. Yeah, he's Juco. at yeah. East Los Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. guys, just run through that 2019 class right? for a second. Oh, oh no. 24 the number five class in the country. The guys who actually have done something. the guys who we know didn't finish their career at OU. Jaden Hazelwood, Jeremiah Cradell, obviously not his fault. Ty DeArmond, um, let's see, Stacy Wilkins, uh, Mar- uh, no, Mar- Marcus Hicks, still- Joseph Wete, EJ and Doma Ogar, Jonathan Perkins, Derek Green, Theo Weiss, Jamal Morris, sure looks like Corey Roberson. Trajan Bridget, Spencer Rattler, and Austin Stogner. That's like half your class didn't even. I mean, mo- a lot of those guys didn't make it two years. I don't, and a lot of them, you have to say that. I don't know if they've panned out anywhere else. Right? Either. Is that like one of the worst That's evaluated classes in the history yes. of Oklahoma football? I'm, I'm dead serious. When you look it through it, because you know you could have bad passes in the past, uh, bad classes in the past, and but there wasn't like a transfer portal to really keep tabs on where some of these guys went and what, I would say what happened. It's, it's more, you know, bad luck than evaluation because <laughs> everybody wanted those guys. I mean, especially the, yeah. the receivers. Sure. I mean, it's not like they were – now, it could be bad development. Yes. I mean, or bad, you know, just, just managing your roster. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is truly the only guy that you could say is, like, doing something big right now. From 2019? Yes. A true success. A true yep. success. Uh, you know, Rattler, obviously, they, he found some success this year at South Carolina. Stogner found some success. But, uh, you know, Woody's starting and playing. But, I mean, my God, there's a lot more names on here, like a Joseph Wette that I don't even know if he's in football anymore. It's Jonathan Perkins up to. It's Derek Green up to. It's Jamal Morris up to. Yeah, never heard those names again. Because Jonathan know, Perkins is the most Tim Kish signee ever. Ever. <laughs> yep. It's amazing. Really bad. David Aguayu I mean, come I, back I, I, to that fifth fifth year, 20, 2019 class. I think that's a conversation so, they I need mean, to have. You just like you you can't even in the portal era, man. It's hard to survive hits like that. Yep. A class that is that. I mean, I, th- that should have been pretty much your senior class this year, and they were just in the wind. Yeah, and kind of with everything else, like the leadership problem on this team, like that's why there isn't any. And that's where Brent yep. went on that spiel about the number of games this guy started or this guy yeah. has started because they were in 2019 class and they don't exist. But a lot of these guys, like 
Stacy Wilkins, EJ and Doma Ogar, like those were kind of like just guys that didn't seem to be football guys. Yeah, it was. It they was, were they were more interested in other things, well, or that they just weren't they weren't willing to put in the work that it took. Yeah, it, it's like a Ron Tatum, Stacy was like yeah. guys. Man, if they put it together, oh, they're going to be all world. They're going to be so so good. But if they don't, then you just wasted the scholarship. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, look, he's doing great. Going to probably make the college football playoff unless Utah beats him. But they didn't. They they would take what they could get, and they wouldn't. I, you know, it, those. It seems to me like Lincoln Riley was more than fine looking at a kid and saying, you know, he's not really, uh, you know, all that strong willed or whatever. But we'll make him so. Like, you know, we'll we'll love him up and get him better or something. I mean, one thing he was really fa- he didn't care about the second signing period, Josh. Right? I mean, we we were yeah. done. December, well, whatever well, that class was, like, all right. I mean, Derek Green's <laughs> another one. I mean, just quits as soon oh. as he gets there. I mean, essentially. Yeah, that that one was a wild one. And guys, the thing, and you know, Brent's Brent's brought it up multiple times. So I think it's absolutely something you're going to see is more focus on in-state recruiting. And I think it's a really good example in that 2019 class. OU passed on Ricky Stromberg at Tulsa Union, who signed with Arkansas, and Isaiah McGuire at Tulsa Union. Both those guys in the last 24 hours have announced they're going early. They're going to the NFL draft. Like those are good players. Mm-hmm. That like Ricky Stromberg would have been OU starting center the last couple of years. Um, and then Isaiah McGuire. I mean, OU couldn't use a big, long, active defensive lineman. Like uh, you know, that's that there. I mean, again, and I'm not even saying that you know, oh, that was a huge mistake. I'm just saying I feel like the, those guys never really got looks from Oklahoma. And it, that would not have been the case under the current regime. Like the, I, I, that would have gone differently. I like the way you say regime. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not correct, but I like it. Whatever. <laughs> well, Eddie's not screwing up words lately, so we have to pick on somebody. Just on my game. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, so. Like we haven't, we just kind of touched on general guys that are you know in the news, but like leading up to signing day now. I mean, we're full speed ahead here. Like, is it really just waiting? By the way, the dead period is on right now, and I yes. feel like I was one of the crap starters last night about the Ohio State Ryan Day. Well, it was weird. No, I mean, it was because it's the only visit picture we've seen on social yeah, you media seen the a entire single week. Other visit There's picture. a reason for yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. But it, you know, I know the Notre Dame writers. Curiously, were the ones putting stuff out there about it. Was he like second? Did they finish second to him or something? Notre Dame. They might. All I noticed that when Luke did it himself, it didn't generate. But when on three did it, it blew up. Okay. It was like when on three mentioned that this had gone on, then it's like everyone saw. Because we all stopped following Luke when he when he didn't pick the Sooners. Yeah. But if you're following the the national stuff, and it's like, wait a minute, what is going on? Here? So, but it was really confusing, and then you kind of realize. I think there's what we found out when Doriel Green Beckham came in on that visit. Like, if you sign a financial aid uh, paper, then you can you can have all this stuff. Like, you can be announced, you know, as as committed to a team, uh, like by their school social media. Uh, and a lot of times, 
But you just wonder, like, has OU, do, do they have any of those guys so Brent and them could check them off? Because they're going to have a busy couple, couple weeks here. I mean, that's probably if something, If you can yeah. get a jump on someone, do it. Yeah, that's that's a, something I think staffs need to look at. Like, do we have guys that are committed enough to, to sign something, you know, binding to where we can get them out of the way for the dead period? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's like, Josh, you think they're going to bring people in this weekend? Or is this going to be more of a in-home visit weekend and stuff where they're not looking to bring any transfers or 2023 guys in. I I would expect it's going to be pretty light. If anybody like I, I, if anybody does come in, I would bet it's a deal where it's the only weekend they could make it work. Or, you know, somebody has told them, Hey, I just need to want to come in and check it out. And if everything's good, I'll, I'll commit, you know, that kind of thing, kind of a Jacob Lacey situation. Um, but for me, like I, 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 my understanding is the two weekends following are going to be the big ones because they're going to obviously have their big banquet and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and that'll be a good weekend for visits. Um, but I don't expect a ton. And frankly, I mean, like you know, and you guys mentioned kind of the lead up. You know, I've got the the war board up. Um, there's not a lot of targets left out there in recruiting right now that haven't already taken their officials. I mean, you've got guys like Marcus Strong. Um, David Peavy is another one. Uh, and one of the more interesting ones is, is Samson Okanlola, the, the big offensive tackle from Massachusetts that has never really shut down Oklahoma. He stayed in contact, but so far, you know, he, he's never really made the step to take the trip and everybody kind of thinks he's a Miami guy and he may be, but I, I think a visit's absolutely possible. Um, Another really interesting one is Day McCullough, the uh, yes. the defensive back from Indiana. They offered a couple weeks ago. Now, you know, for those that don't know, he's committed to Cincinnati. All that news, yep. obviously, with yeah, with, with the change from Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin, you've got to think that that makes it easier for him to. Okay, I am going to take a trip. I'm going to go look around a little bit and see what's out there. So I I think a a visit from him is completely possible. Um, you know, y- you look around and there's like I said, there's. Five, six guys, Keyshawn Blackstock, the big offensive lineman from Coffeyville, uh, Khalil Barnes. The one that's maybe as interesting as any is Jordan Allen, the big tight end defensive end from uh, Olathe in Kansas. Kid's been committed to Kansas State, you know, since September. Yep. But I, he came down to OU for the Bedlam game. I mean, he was there. So does I mean, and it was an unofficial visit. So does Oklahoma kind of push that? And that's. That's where this all gets interesting because it's not just about the recruiting. It's about the portal. Like, do they feel like he's the best tight end they can get? Or do they want the kid from um, the small school? The Is it Mur- Morlock? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The dude that's like just that. blowing up with the offer like yes, every day. Yes, it's picked up. Yeah, he's got like 25 offers. Um, they uh, it, So there's a little bit of a kind of sliding scales and I, you know, they've also, they started following the Jaden Platt kid. That was a Stanford commitment, uh, from North Dallas. So at tight end, I think that's as clear as anything. They are going to add at least one more body, maybe two. 
Uh, the defensive line we've talked about, I think you're going to see two or three guys. Obviously, they want one of those guys to be David Hicks. Um, and then I think you get into the question of, is it Marcus Strong? Or do they find a guy in the portal that they think can maybe help them more immediately? So there, it's it's going to be that, – that's what makes this all fun. Like It's almost like putting a puzzle together and you're getting it from two different piles. Like yep. there, there, are, there are pieces here, there's pieces there. And how does it all kind of come together in the end? And if you get it wrong, you really get it wrong. <laughs> you can go six and six. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what continues to happen in Cincinnati too, just with Fickle leaving mm-hmm. and other coaching well, changes that might happen. Because you know they've got some good, you know, some very good talent, especially on the defense well, side. Eddie Eddie pointed it out to us yesterday. There was a DB that hit the portal that that Brent followed from his high school days. Yep. So I mean, there there are since I mean. There aren't many schools that have done a better job over the last three or four years of evaluating out of the high school ranks than Cincinnati has. Well, Josh, since we're talking portal, uh, Miles Slusher, is you hearing any real smoke yet, or to just like these are easy dots to connect if if they go that direction? I think that's basically what it is at this point because I mean Miles being as vocal as he is and as active as he is on social media. I would struggle to believe that if OU had gone all in on him, we wouldn't know about it. Um, I, I think it's a matter – like I said, I think it's it, it may be connected to Peyton Bowen. There, there may be some other things going on there. But my impression in talking to some people around Tulsa and talking you know, even to some players that know Miles well, that if Oklahoma wants to get involved here, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. Like that's a kid that – you know, I know a lot of OU fans used to see him and see him say some things and take some little jabs. That's a high school kid that wanted to go to Oklahoma. Like, the, yep. I, it's it's not unusual. It's not – doesn't make him a bad kid or anything like that. He just – he wanted to go to Oklahoma and didn't feel like the previous staff gave him a look. Any hard feelings that exist from that, there's no reason for those to be there anymore because OU is not the same place it was then. So J.J. Um, Hester was one of them too. And he's, yeah, he's with the absolutely. So he just got hurt. Yeah, so I mean, and, and I that that's part of it too. I mean, you know, people, I I don't think I think it's unlike any other area in the state as far as like Tulsa guys, they all know each other. So like you know, JJ uh, Miles Gentry Williams, like those guys all are in communication with each other. They all know each other, and I, I my guess is if you made me bet, I'd bet Miles is on this roster next year, but. I think it's going to matter what else pops up in the portal. I mean, it's hard to replace a guy with his level of experience, though. All right, I I feel I'm I'm not sure. Was Anthony Evans last last Friday, or was he two weeks ago? Have we discussed? And it was last no. Friday. Yeah, we haven't we haven't discussed it. Yep. So it, talk about Tulsa kids. Is Mike Atis is that someone that we should be wondering about, or maybe another guy that? little off the radar yeah another guy that kind of snuck in for bedlam and a lot of people didn't talk about it um you know micah was down there with isaac covington who you know eddie and i saw a couple nights ago um playing for union so there are um what was interesting to me and and i you know reported some of this late last week i was told by someone pretty you know that that would know that Micah Tease has had a spot for a while. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, Anthony Evans left, so now he's got a spot for Micah Tease. 
I've been told he has a spot, and he has had one for a little while now. So I don't know. What's going to be interesting is do they go after a guy like Chance Fitzgerald, uh, Taylor Wine's Wines, teammate yeah. mm-hmm. in Tennessee? Yeah, so they could go that way. Fitzgerald's an explosive outside receiver, would make a lot of sense in Jeff Levy's offense. Not There is a part of me, and I, I, I've never been able to have this conversation exactly, there's a part of me that thinks OU was evaluating Fitzgerald and found Wine. <laughs> So I, 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 I think, I, I, again, I don't know that to be fact, but it's very interesting the timelines of how that all played out. Um, but, yeah, he, he's an interesting guy. But Micah, you know, I, I know some out there have kind of said, oh, well, you know, as soon as he has a chance, he's in. From he's what I've heard, Micah's had a chance for a while, and has, it hasn't happened. So we'll see. Kind of like Slusher. If you made me bet, I'd end up. I'd bet Micah ends up in the class, but I'm not as certain as some are. All right, um, I have to do this to you, Josh. But uh, the Sooners took home championship. Uh, ESPN events champions. Invitation. It was an invitation <laughs> too. Don't forget that. They invited them as well. Uh, my boy Godwin looked solid uh, once again. He did. Uh, but man, this team—I mean, everybody thought they were going—you know—they thought it was going to be crap after they lost to Sam Houston State, and and here they are. Was it six and one now? Six and one, and, and now it, it's weird though because you're you're like, hopefully they take two or three in Florida, and then they're going to lose to Villanova, and it's like you can't lose to Villanova now. That team is not good right now. They're not, they haven't recovered from the Jay Wright. The departure. Jay Wright. They've got some injuries. You cannot lose. You can't win last weekend's tournament. And then come back and lose Saturday. Takes away all your momentum. Takes away all that whole. You got to get rid of the Sam Houston Phil game. Them like two and five. Or yes. Something. Okay. And they went zero and three in the PK Classic. Look at my hoops knowledge, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I heard was Godwin, Dude. and in my head I saw David Godbold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how David. That's the I. last time you paid attention to you basketball. Yes. Yes, well, that's probably fair. He is a king. What what was nice about last weekend is just seeing Grant Sherfield become the guy that Porter Moser needs him to be. Take, him, take us home. That was his message to him. You're going to be the guy that takes us home. And Sherfield did that time and time again. And then just getting contributions from oh, different. Sure, just leave out Bijan. Like he wasn't I, really the I, star. Contributions from different people on every <laughs> game. Sam Godwin. When Tanner Groves is in foul trouble. Bijan Cortez, they found something with Los Bijan and Grant. When all three of those guys are out there, as long as they're working hard on defense, three very competent ball handlers that know what to do to create for for themselves or for, for others. So there's there's a lot to like, but what is it's just going to be, you know, who's it going to be on any given night? And you know, there's guys get, that are going to be left behind on on some games. Like Joe Bamsill was a no show the entire tournament. That you know, you got to make sure you keep them mentally sharp and engaged. Ortega Oway hasn't done much the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's just sort of a balancing act of you. You want to keep having success, keep having these wins, and trying to make sure that everyone is still locked in, knowing that maybe not every game you're getting your 15 to 20 minutes and a chance to really shine. What does that mean for for Bijan though? I mean, he's a guy that has not had confidence you know, consistently, uh, but for him to go into the championship and just really do whatever he wanted to do, going to the rim like that was impressive. I mean, it's not the most you know dominating way to score the ball. I mean, it's kind of like a granny shot yes. almost. Like, 
and but in both hands it was just it was crazy but i mean he does seem like a guy that now he feels like he has confidence to go into the lane he's always kind of gone in the lane but you know I, we know the pull up is there for when he wants it and it and I mean, it just seems like this is something that Porter needed, too, from Bijan. Yeah, getting that concussion so close to the first game of the season obviously set set him back and set him back in terms of how quickly he could be, you know, in into this offense. But the 10 points is nice. The four steals, I'm sure, is something Porter will talk about when we get a chance to, uh, to uh, meet with him Thursday. I mean, that's what you like to see. It can't just be on offense. It has to be on defense, too. And that's what Bijan really brought to the table. And that was... After Ar- Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, OU's first win of the season, Bijan doesn't play. Now you're going, okay, now where is this guy going? I think there's just going to be those ebbs and flows. Bijan's clearly going to get a chance Saturday in Philly against Wildcats. And if he doesn't bring it, Porter's going to go to some to to someone else to try to find that production that's needed on that given night. And it's just going to be you're going to have to roll with it. It's, you're going to have to be okay with the fact that if you didn't have it that day, Porter didn't go to you, but that doesn't mean he's given up on you. That was, uh, it, it seems like Sherfield's just a calming presence out there too. Just, and especially on the offensive end, he's not going to give you what Jordan Goldwire gave you on the defensive end. Uh, I think that's obvious, but when they need a basket or when they just, it, it seemed like, you know, the last couple of years it's been so just kind of crazy when they needed Hectic, a basket. Yes. Hectic. Yeah, that'd probably be the better way to say it. It seems like he's very calming out there. And because he can really get to the hole instead of just dribbling two or three and taking a contested 15, 17-footer. He can get to the rim, finish, get fouled, or have that what Porter loves to talk about, paint touch threes where Grant gets into the paint, Kicks it out for a wide open three. They could all distribute the ball too. Any of the guards that they have, right and I now, like it. I like very good distributors. When he's yes. been in the yeah. point. Yeah, look, yeah, he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, and he's already playing those final five minutes of crunch time. Like it, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a starter. But it's clear Porter trusts him when it counts the most, and that's why sometimes it doesn't matter about your starter. It matters about those final five minutes. Who are those guys that you want in there when when it means the most? Yeah, I, and they needed that because like. You know, we people have watched OU basketball. You've seen a team like okay, if 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 uh, Tanner Groves isn't hitting threes, and then CJ Nolan's not hitting threes, and then uh, Hill's not hitting threes, it, like the ball just dies, and and then people don't make shots. Now it's moving a little bit. They've got some playmakers. Jacob Groves has been the surprise too. I'm, I'm gonna have, great. might have to walk back my Groves statements from the past, but. Yeah, I've I've not been a believer in Jacob, but if he can play like the way he has the last two weeks, that's if you can count on that, that wouldn't be bad. A little bit stronger, he added. You know, he looks like he added just physicality in terms of mass. It seems like that has helped. A, we'll see when it gets to the Big Twelve play right. too. I mean, it's a different animal, but it's amazing this team is a putback away from being undefeated. Yeah, well, I mean, they are going to the Final Four, so I don't know why anybody's surprised. They, they Where got, is it this year? Houston. Oh, back to Houston. Back to Houston. Was Minneapolis last year, right? Where, uh, no, last year was in. Uh, was it Minneapolis? I thought Indianapolis I, I during thought COVID. It was, well, that was two years ago. Okay, that's the last time I remember Eddie just saying, you know, get ready to book us to to <laughs> Minneapolis. I don't remember. It but, was in Indianapolis again last year, wasn't it? No, that was 2021. 2022. Because of COVID, yeah, COVID was all, centra- all centralized. Where were they? I don't know. But this is a really nice month. You got Villanova, you got Arkansas, you got Florida. 
you've got chances to, again, build on that resume and make people forget what happened on the very first night of the season. Although, as Porter will bring up, Sam Houston has done incredibly well since. New Orleans. That's exactly where they were. Okay. Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. All right. Um, yeah, though, good to see the Hoops team playing well. Uh, Eddie, you've got something? Border Regent stuff today. Border oh, Regent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just find out. I mean, a lot. Of, I don't. If Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione do not talk, there's not going to be much to it. It's just going to be approved. Like, yeah. pr- approved measures for football, for softball, for tennis. For and this is just Lloyd adding Noble. them to the master plan. Like, it's yes. not, that doesn't mean that dirt's going to start flying. Exactly. It's, you know, if ho- hopefully Joe or Joe will, will talk with us. We, we never know until we get there. And sometimes we don't even know when we get there. We just find out like 15 minutes before, oh, Something came up in their schedule. They, they they don't have any time. And I would imagine, I mean, this is my guess. I don't know this. I guess I could go upstairs and ask somebody in Sooner Club. But I would imagine what this means is they approve that, and then they make that a part of everything else that they're doing right now, the, the big giving campaign that they've got the $2 billion thing going on, which has baseball, which, you know, softball is completed. But then they'll add this to football. Yep. And it's $175 million facility that will be all football facility, dining hall, and it's right there on the corner of Jenkins and, and, and Lindsay. Uh, now, well, is that going to include the idea that they're building the two practice, practice fields? fields? That's, that's, this is part of it. Yes. So they will be moving the track. I would think so. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what's going to have to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you'd have two football fields right there. Sure. Um, I don't know, maybe a gra- grass and maybe a yeah. turf. And that's something that they need. They don't like. It's kind of crazy to think that Oklahoma doesn't have a full length practice field. Yeah, and they lost it because of the, the south end zone. Sure, I but mean, they have one, but they don't have two. That's seven. I think it's seventy five yards so, up there. Th- no, the one, the Which one's one? always been a hundred. That's up against the fence. I don't think that's a hundred yard field. Huh. I don't know. It, we might need to it, test it out. Let's have, let's run. I'm pretty sure there was two one hundreds right next to each okay. other. Okay. And the one that got shortened was the one. The other one. The closer one. Okay. Yeah, to the stadium. I don't know. For some reason, I just felt like that's always not been a hundred yard field, but I have no idea. I, I you're the first person that made me question <laughs> if it wasn't that I've ever maybe met it in my is. Life. So, no, but I mean that's. Look, you're coming up. Maybe that's why they can't finish drives. They've been going 75 <laughs> yards the entire time. <laughs> we just do what we do in practice. Yeah. Well, well, no, it, doesn't make, it. 75 it yards. doesn't make any sense because their drives only last 50 seconds. That's true, too. That's true. Uh, no, but that will be, you know, it'll be great. Hopefully, they'll release some renderings. I mean, that would be really cool. Yep. It'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that will get people excited for sure because – I mean, this is kind of the Thad Turnip seed deal. Like, this is yep. what he brought to the table. And you know, when they first came in, it, they it almost seemed like sacrilege because they started talking about knocking down walls in the brand new South End Zone, the Barry Switzer Center. Uh, but now they'll have this facility. It'll be right across the street from Headington Hall, uh, so it, it'll be more convenient for the players. And they'll do you know, be able to have their academic stuff in there. They'll be able to have dining hall, be able to training, uh, all that. So it's going to be pretty cool to see it when they release it. All right, uh, Josh. Anything uh, you wanted to get out there before we get up, get out of here? No, I I think I've uh, think I've exhausted everybody with recruiting talk. Hey, it's your time to shine. You shine. <laughs> and of course, we'll find out the bowl on Sunday. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, yeah, to bring the team. Eddie up. and I figured it's no matter what bowl it is, it's on the same day. So it sounds like yeah, I think well, it sounds unless, like unless they go to Russell Athletic, unless they go to Cheese It's, oh, yep, no. Cheese It Bowl, yep. But I, I, I don't want to pay for that. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Texas, and the backup would be Liberty. I just don't well, know it, if it's going to get to Liberty. TCU has to win. That's good. That's you know that that would keep you at, if they well actually if they win it's better for OU's bowl hopes. If they lost, everybody would get knocked down. Unless TCU just stays in the playoff regardless of yeah, win or, yeah. or lose. They just, they just matters, go to four. Though. I don't know if it matters. Like, yep. Because I think, te- well, I guess you're saying if TCU was bumped out of the playoff, they'd go to Sugar. Kansas State would go to Alamo. Or would both teams go to New York Six? No, TCU would go to Sugar. I think both teams would get to New York Six. Or wait, is Sugar part of the four, a part of the championship, the playoff? I I haven't looked at it in so long. I, I have no haven't idea. had to care. I haven't had to care. Don't care. Yeah, we didn't even know if there was going to be a bowl game. <laughs> I mean, I, it's basically going to come down to does Russell Athletic want to take Oklahoma? You it's, hope that they I don't. I hope not, yeah. And I don't think the Texas Bowl is going to pass on Oklahoma if it's like Texas isn't going to be available. Yeah, I, I mean, don't you're think gonna that they'd want to take Baylor. You're going to have Tech, Baylor, Kansas, OSU, and OU. How, how's that all going to fall? Sure. That's why the Athletic put out that they think OU will go to Florida because that's still the most attractive. Yeah, and option. it, it and the very Bulls well get could. The draft. I yeah, mean, and they, they're not locked into right. well, this team finished yeah. fifth. We have yep. to take them. So right. it's completely up to them. Yep. <laughs> oh, no one wants to go. <laughs> I still think they should practice get for two COVID. weeks and then get COVID, but that's just me. So just say at the last minute we can't play in the bowl game. We all have the chicken. The Fiesta and the Peach are the two semis this year. Okay. But, yeah, so could you have – So if they lost, they would go to Sugar, and then everybody Mm -hmm. would. I think TCU is locked into the playoff. I think there's a chance that both teams could go to New York Six if TCU were to lose. Kansas State and TCU. So is that large? So oh, I think State, they will, I think they yeah. have to. Kansas State still goes to the Sugar. Be, Texas goes Alamo. TCU would end up at like the Plain Georgia somewhere. Yeah. Well, probably at the Peach. Yeah, exactly. In Atlanta. Uh, yeah, because so, I I think as long as TCU doesn't get run, they're yep. in. The problem is if you have Texas in in, in the Alamo. Then the next is the Cheez Its, and that's where OU. And then you have OU, OSU, Baylor, uh, Kansas, Baylor, Kansas Tech. Tech. Just a bunch of seven, five, six, and six teams. It, guys, I mean, is there any way that team that those schools are the, that bowl that will never? I mean, has never had a chance at a school like OU is not going to take OU. They took them in 2014. I remember talking to their reps at mm-hmm. game game night, and they're like, "We can't believe no one's here." Yeah, and I tried to. I was kind of actually a, a a dick about it. I, I I don't know why. I guess I was just mad because of that week. I was like, "Well, you got to remember, like, oh, you thought they'd be going for a college football playoff, and so they fell to this. Like, fans aren't excited about this." And then they walked away from me. You Where said was that? Was you said that to, to bowl, bowl game. I said that to a bowl rep. I was oh just God, mad Bob, about that week. No filter, man. I was just like, this. Like, where Where was this at? This the was when OU Russell played Athletic, Clemson. They, oh, they, yeah. When they lost 40 to 6. Wow. Bob was working at ESPN then. And, and they, they were just... I, I've never so, been more proud of Bob than <laughs> They're moment. just like, why aren't more people here? It's like, OU thought after beating Bama in the Sugar Bowl that they were going to college football playoff. Yeah, that Trevor Knight was going to win the Heisman. And, and instead, they're 8-8-4, eight, eight and four, and they fell into this spot. 
There's well, just I not a this. lot of I hope, excitement. I kind of I retract my statement. I hope OU does play in the Russell Athletic Bowl, and they're the ones that greet you, and you have to tell them that this is a six and sixteen, <laughs> not even eight and four. And this this situation's even worse. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think that the Cheese It Bowl realizes that OU fans aren't coming. Because I would imagine they just see the helmet. They just see the helmet. Yeah, they see that, but I don't it's think the most either. expensive place to go to on earth. And it's a shitty bowl game. Like, yeah. why do you want to go to Nobody wants to go to that. We don't want to go to that. No. <laughs> no. I let, you, I let you stay home last time, and I went I go, deathly yeah. ill. <laughs> I wonder if uh, who has I been. already have to go to that shithole. I know. Josh has to go there all the time. <laughs> oh, for Under Armour? Oh. Yeah, that Under Armour list yeah. is impressive. I was, I was making those travel plans last night. And you've already been there, what, once or twice this year? Yes. Yes. Orlando, it's we we have a hate hate relationship. It keeps dragging me back, and I hate it more every time. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, uh, yes, we will find out the bowl game. Um, if it's, I don't know. I we're not going to have an emergency pod for the cheese it or the Texas bowl or <laughs> maybe we should. <laughs> We, oh, I think we should. I don't, if we it's still, the cheese, it, we might have to just have a frustration. Pod. Well, we frustration have the conference pod? call with the coach, and hopefully, uh, no one's in a helicopter or something. I, what I, I that? know that I it's like remember. it's such a slap in the face, but I would be somewhat—I don't know about excited—I don't know if that's the word—but OU Arkansas in the Texas Bowl that'd yep. be kind of fun. Yeah, I like, like that. Two six yeah. and six teams. Okay, what sign if, me up. What if Clemson lost to the Heels and it's Clemson OU in the Cheez-Its? Oh, yeah, fuck. that'd be f- that. Oh, no. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to watch DJU in person or on TV. I don't right? know. That offense hey, is terrible. They might have a quarterback on the field. That's true. Dylan, I mean, that's Dylan Gabriel's well, stomping ground. Although man. you know what would happen, Josh? They would play Clemson. Uh, DJ enters the portal and Cade Klubinick Cade, would Cade throw for 550 yeah, yeah. against this secondary. Oh, God. That'd be fun, too. What if Dylan Gabriel just opted out, too? Like, That'd be fun. Playing Dabo. First year. Davis Bevel running the offense against that Clemson defensive line. <laughs> well, we already know Eric Gray's opting out at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I I would be like opt, Eric. I'll do. I'll make a public campaign to save his career. Yeah, that's what I worry about is a domino effect. Like, you know, Eric yeah. announces. And I mean, Anton, I, Eric. Marcus, I think Eric Gray and Anton you know, Harrison are two guys that you say, yeah. I I would be very surprised if you saw them in an Oklahoma. It's hard to again. think of anyone else where it makes sense. Did Theo say he's not going to the bowl? I imagine with him entering the portal, he's gone. Yeah. Has anybody played after going into the portal? I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing, is yeah. it? I don't think so. Like once you're in, you're in. Yeah. It it would now the you know the the interesting names that are going to be out there are just names that we don't know about yet. Like I kind I don't know. I guess this is like a halfway educated guess. I kind of think Marvin Mims comes back. We'll see. Hmm. I I've heard some stuff that makes me wonder as well, Eddie. I think that they're going to put together a nice package for him. Uh, you know, obviously he hasn't done enough. I think he I has done enough to go NFL. I, I just don't, don't know. I just don't like size-wise. But I don't know if that's ever going to change. No, that's true. That's true. But if he puts together like, if he's like a 
a Blitnikoff semifinalist next year. I think that automatically just begins. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't change the scout's mind. I have no idea. Maybe I want to believe that more than anything. <laughs> we did appreciate him just saying flat out he's playing in the bowl game. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't tip tiptoe around it. Well, Dylan hasn't opted out yet, so. Speculation, they should, not they should, like, they should start Ralph Rucker. If that, I want to see. It. I just want to see anybody but Dave Spevel. There was a part of me as he trots out onto the field in Lubbock that. that was like, "This is going to be awesome." The greatest gonna, redemption story. He's going to have all a redemption, and, and then, then he runs then over he to the sideline, and, and they do what? He ran <laughs> right through the sideline. I was like, "Well, shit." All right, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we're good. I saw it. My first thought was uh, seeing it on TV. I was like, "Oh God, I don't want to see this shit." And then thank God they ran the Wildcat. And, you know, Marvin Mims' situation might be contingent upon what happens at wide receiver coach. Like, that's another element that I think we all kind of agree something's going to happen there. What is it that I'm trying to think of? Because I know a lot of people bring up Malcolm Kelly. But there's, there's something there with Malcolm Kelly. I can't remember what it is. I mean, maybe it's just, I don't, oh, I don't. It might be the Kale thing with Malcolm. I don't know. I mean, I can't believe Kale wasn't really close to, or Malcolm was closest with Sumlin. He wasn't really as close to Kale. Yeah, Kale was running back at that point. I mean, I, yeah. I, the most logical one is does he does Brent Venables and their relationship with Jeff Scott have anything to do with? You know, he mm-hmm. got fired at, at South Florida. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I I have no idea. Obviously, the stuff was out there with samples. People have talked about. Who knows? Another week. Speculation. All right. Well, I think uh, we're out of steam. So we'll go ahead and end it there. Uh, appreciate all you guys uh, listening. Uh, Soonerscoopstore.com's open. Get your orders in, and we'll get it to you before Christmas. Uh, we've probably got a couple weeks that we can uh, get those out to you in a hurry. And uh, U.S. mail goes really fast, too, by the way. So, I mean, stuff gets to you in three or four days. Uh, but the earlier you order, the better, because you know those packages are going to start backing up for the post office. So, Soonerscoopstore.com. Uh, appreciate your support always, but we got uh, we're still stocked on an official 40 retro helmets and wagons and hats and all that stuff. So, uh, go online, check it out. If you see something you like, uh, we appreciate you uh, supporting the pod. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, once again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. <laughs>